good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. The. Fat. Podcast. We've not decided what this episode is called. Yes, we have. It's written in front of of you. Well, yeah, I mean, we could do call it that. Yeah, okay. Episode. Punchy, 130. (laughs) I forgot forgot where I was. Joe, what's the subject of the podcast? The four pillars of sustain. Boom, our four fat loss pillars. The legs of the mighty fat loss table, fat loss results table. We want the fat loss to crumble. Do we? No, we want the fat loss to be successful. Anyway, we're going to talk you through our kind of four fundamental fat loss pillars of valoration that we build or help clients build their approach around taking different elements or different parts that are suitable for them at their stages, which is one of the reasons why we do one-to-one coaching at Joe. It's not a generic one-size-fits-all. This is turning into an advert. But I think that, again, we'll just go off on a slight tangent. That's the biggest struggle I see. The biggest missing part, and you could agree with me or disagree with me, I don't care, in people's dietary approach is consistency. Whether that's because it's from an unrealistic approach that they're taking, a ridiculous set of rules that they can't maintain, setting off at the wrong pace, and that's why it's so good to, or so good, it has to be tailored to certain person's ability. Because no, if I speak to 10 people across a week, Everyone's starting from a different place. Everyone's got their own strengths. Everyone's got their own weaknesses. Everyone's got their own blind spots. And they can't just follow the same approach. There's there's elements that we want to work on, which is what the four pillars are around. But some people will be at grade A for movement, say, but then there might be a D on mindset and then a C on nutrition. So it's how do you raise those grades? Absolutely. And the the word you said in there that was spot on is blind spots. Because if I had a pound for the time someone had said, my food's pretty good, then I'd have an awful lot of pound coins. Probably 90% of the people that we've spoken to. is Most, that, of, the, most of those are coming from me. <laughs> most people struggle to be vulnerable i think and to say do you know what my food's not very good or they just don't have the awareness because they haven't recorded it you know I, you start working with somebody i was thinking i was thinking yesterday as i was making my notes from their food that when i've spoken to them before they'd said about how good their food was and i looked at my notes and thought this isn't these aren't the notes of someone whose food is particularly good and people just don't have that awareness they just don't know and i think if you if i showed them that food and said do you think this is really good they would say no of course not so it's, people do have the knowledge, but they don't have the awareness. And I think that's kind of the why food tracking is so important, why having a coach is useful, because they can reflect those decisions back to you. It's very rare. I was thinking today as well about how little conflict I have with clients now. 
and not that I used to have loads, but exponentially less now because I don't really comment on stuff. I just ask questions. Now, what do you make of this? So people can make those own their own assessments of that. And then phrasing things gently, like, I think it's fantastic, but no one's going to eat three cornettos on an evening and think they've done they've done brilliantly. And that's why having the reflection on that is so key. So it seems like a good place to start. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to word in on that one. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, yeah, well, quickly, yeah. But that's when um, it's so easy to remember the highlights, and that's why food logging is so important. And just as a small insight into what we do with our clients is, we get our clients to log the high-calorie foods. High-calorie foods are not off the menu within our coaching plan. But what we'll do is we'll get our clients to log the things they had, like that Cornetto, like whatever, a beer, a glass of wine, like a packet of crisps. And then at the end of the week, they'll have a list of all those things. Because like you said, when you go to someone, how's your week been? Or when you said to someone, how's your food? And they go like, yeah, it's really good. I eat really well. I cook from scratch. Absolute personal bugbear of mine, but that's a, for a different subject. Um when it's there in black and white, and I get that locking your food is a ball egg, it's boring, it's monotonous, it's mundane. But that 10 minutes of inconvenience has such a huge positive repercussions. It's just such, it's so worth it. It's so worth taking 10 minutes out of your day to do something boring to have such a long-lasting positive effect. Positive it ain't 10 minutes out of your day, does it, mate? It's 10 minutes over a week to record how yeah. it's and that's, that's the point. Like, I didn't have time to. Uh, I didn't have time to log my food. Like, unless you are a bomb disposal expert and you you were working at that point, you've got time to get your food in to, to write nice. what you had. Yeah, yeah. it is. Because, like, right, what did you eat for breakfast? This. What are you going to eat for your lunch? This. What do you have for your dinner? This. That's it. It's done. But that black and white record, and then again, that that you know, it's almost like you get. What was it? Was it secret eaters that used to do that? And they'd go like, right, this is all the food that you've had over this month. And when you see it there, you're like, oh, that's why I'm not losing weight. Or that's why I'm slowly gaining weight. Because I can see those choices. And like I said, it's not to shame people, but it's that reflection, that realization. There's no getting away from it. Here it is, black and white. This is all the high-calorie food that I've eaten this week. I've had 14 Twixes and three Cornettos and then uh, a pizza with cheesy garlic bread and and then on Tuesday, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, th this and that, you're like, right, I, I get it. And again, it's not to bring shame, it's to bring awareness to those things. Before so, we get yeah. to the first then, I'm gonna have another, I'm gonna have a treat bit as well. Go for it. So often people will say, I have a good balance, it's 80-20. Now, if you are tracking your calories and you're eating for simple maths, 2,000 calories a day, and you're having 1,600 calories of nutritious food and 400 calories of processed refined food then that would be 80 20 i think the big confusion that people have because they don't track like that they look at it and go well i had breakfast lunch and dinner and some snacks so that's and if breakfast lunch and dinner were pretty good and the snacks were high calorie then that is pretty close to 80 20 of that day the problem that you have is the calories are way off that so suddenly people are having a thousand calories from their three meals and then 800 calories from their snacks so what looks like 80 20 in regards to a food log, when it comes to calories, is often way off. You know, you see, it's so easy to have. If you go out and have a curry and a couple of drinks, you're looking at 1,500 calories, which for a lot of people who we work with is going to be their daily allowance. So you could have two of those meals a week, which is suddenly, you know, two out of 20 meals. You go, oh, it's only 10% of my food, but it's a monster serving of calories. And you've just got to have that awareness with this stuff. It's very easy to 
like James says, you tell yourself that kind of story. I eat pretty well. Most of the food I eat is really good. If you aren't getting the results, then something has to change. And then that next level of awareness about that calorie intake is, is so useful. So I've moved a slide so we can get straight into <laughs> pillar one, which is going to be mindset, because that is the biggest stumbling block for everyone. Everyone will be like, oh, it's nutrition. It's my diet. It's not. It's why you're making those choices. That's going to have the biggest positive impact on your results and especially sustainable results. Yeah, 100%. Change what you eat over the short term and you'll get those results, but they're probably going to be short term. Change why you eat, why you make those choices. That's going to be that long-term freedom, which everyone wants. You know, people don't just want to peak for summer. Um, in my research of putting together these things, like the average lady um, goes on 130 diets across a lifetime. Wow. I know. That's obscene, isn't it? Uh, and I think most of them last for three weeks. I think that's the, the average one, the majority of them. Um, but yeah, mindset. So why, why are we focusing on mindset, Joe? Because when you call yourself a sustained nutrition and your ethos is about sustainable results that last long term, then you can't get that without focusing on the way that people think because that's where the decisions around success or failure, whether you exercise or eat well or whether you don't exercise or eat high calorie foods will come from. You have to look for the, the root of the problem. I was like the idea of if you had a tree with brown leaves, you wouldn't paint the leaves green and think everything was all right. And I think that's what happens when people go, we'll just burn more calories, do some more exercise, mm. eat fewer calories. Like, that's nice, but that's not what got you here in the first place. You didn't gain weight because you thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to consciously eat more sweet potatoes with my nutritionally balanced meal. So it, it almost always stems from the higher calorie choices. And then it stems from why did you make those higher calorie choices? And then you go even further back, th further back than that and look at, you know, what happened in your, you know, why do you think that way? But it certainly starts to get into uh, excessive depth with people. Actually, if we just look at the thought patterns that you have in the moment, most people can then find the solutions from there. Got to go to some stats, Joe. I've got to go to some stats. Pulling these from a, my presentation. 65% of dieters return to their pre-weight weight within three years. And only 5% of people who lose weight on a restrictive diet, such as liquid or no-cab diet, keep the weight off. Because for me, that's not changing any skill set. That's not changing any minds. That's not being, becoming more mindful. That's not being aware of why you make these choices. And when we're more mindful, we're more aware of those choices, then we're more in control because we can make different decisions. So much of, I think, what we do is changing people's beliefs. When I get stressed, I always crack open the wine or I always eat chocolate or I always do this. And you know, my job as a coach is to challenge that. Go, is that really true? Is that the only way that you have of coping? Or can we develop something else? Can we do something different? You know, a lady I was uh, speaking to today, and she's saying like she can really feel like a, a role and off in mindset starting to shift. So it's massive because what we're doing is we're changing that uh, kind of reward system of normally, you know, she'd feel crap and then she'd eat chocolate and that would make her feel good. But now if she's feeling crap, She's not eating chocolate and she's feeling good because she's doing something different. She's doing something more positive. She's getting that positive feedback from there. And it's these little incremental changes that compound into these huge you know, mindset shifts, which ultimately give you that freedom and that control over those food choices instead of it controlling you. And I think, you know, if you want long-term results, which I'm sure anyone listening to this is, then that's 
going to be the biggest return on investment, the biggest bang for your buck is working on your mindset. You, like I said, 130 diets. Have you done 130 diets? They're all working off the same principles. Let's create a calorie deficit. There's a reason why you're doing, you know, 129 and you're still looking for the next one, the, the 130th one, because you've not changed these beliefs, these habits, these thought patterns, this control aspect. A slight caveat, and I know you're using we like the, the royal we, but it's not we, it's you. Like You change your mindsets by answering the questions that mm. we ask you. Is that we will facilitate that and we'll guide you towards it, but ultimately you are going to be in control of that. Because if we say to you, you're, you know, you're using all or nothing thinking here, you need to look at it this way. That's not very helpful. You know, it needs, that needs to stem from you to say, okay, do you think that you're getting a balanced view here? Or are you looking at this possibly, you know, from an all or nothing perspective? Is there an alternative in here? And then the, the client will say, no, there is an alternative. I'm, you know, I'm being, I'm being dramatic here. Actually, there's a middle ground. That's very different to being told. And that's the difference between, I wrote this some of the other day, like the difference between a coach and a mentor is that a coach asks questions and a mentor tells you what to do. And we kind of straddle that line and we'll coach you and help you get there on your own. If you can't see it, then we'll tell you. But we'll always start from that coaching perspective of, asking the questions, helping you to see it. And you might not be able to see it. You know, people don't. Like the example at the start, with people saying, I eat pretty well. Those are the people then that either need a coach to ask and to reflect their food back to them, or they need a mentor to say, look, you've been eating this way for four weeks. This is the log that I've got in front of me. Your weight hasn't moved. My advice is something has to change. Now, you can either engage with that or you can not and just hope things change. But the evidence that we've got here to me as a coach with my experience is pretty clear. And so that's, you know, again, straight into advert number four for the, the podcast is that's the difference with coaching is that it's helping you to get there on your own. And if you can't get there, then giving you the advice that you need rather than just saying, here's a plan, off you go. And I think that's what people really do need to be able to change longer term. And that's why it's a foundational, fundamental pillar of what we do, that it's, it's so central that we, you know, we want people to be thinking about this kind of from day one, not just right, we're going to try and lose some weight and then we'll think about it. No, it has to start at the beginning. You have to start thinking about why you're making decisions and you'll be questioned on that stuff from day one. It's not a case of let's just see how you get on for the first month on these calories. But okay, you had a pizza on Tuesday. What was the situation there? Can you explain it to me, please? It's, again, it's not, to, not from a judging perspective, it's a questioning one. Because if you say, I had it because I had a bad day, that's very different to saying, well, it was my planned treat and I decided to have it. Completely different decisions, the same end results, but a very different process. Yeah, it's that feeling of control, isn't it? Like you said, our aim is to get all clients in control, happy with their food choices. And like you said, if you see a food diary, it goes Tuesday night, whatever, extra large, triple pepperoni, meat feast, abomination. I think people's instincts, because we're I'm doing air quotes, fat loss coaches would be like, you shouldn't have eaten that. That's really high calorie. Whereas it isn't. It's asked a question. Talk me through this decision. And like you said, if it's someone going, well, I'd had a really shit day at work, felt like crap, the cat's sick, and I got soaked in the rain. So I had this sort of comfort piece. It's very different to you going, it was our first day anniversary, and my partner, we on our first date, went to this famous pizza place where this is their signature pizza and we do this every year sweet enjoy it good go for it 
What, what, was the, what was the name of that double cheese chip? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the, the sustained slice. Um, you know, it's, it's totally different mindset. It's a totally different piece of feedback. And it's a totally different piece of coaching, like you said. Um, it's us asking the questions. You've got to supply those answers. And we can lead you on those answers. But ultimately, it's you coming up with the solutions to your problems. Like I said right at the start, everyone's at a different grade. Everyone's at a different level. So we can say, well, I've seen this work a thousand times for other people. But as you said, that that coach mentor, like, you know, coach savior, we've spoken about before. It's not for me to go. And odds are people have followed these savior style programs before, not naming any names, where they've told you exactly what to eat, exactly how many grams of onions to have, how many grams of spinach to have. And at the end of it, after, I don't know, say 90 days, just there's more clues. Um, someone stops telling you that and you're just like uh, what do I eat I don't know that's the difference like we want to upskill you anyway moving on to pillar number two which for us would be nutrition oh, I think we're going to say German volume training right? <laughs> <laughs> hill sprints oh, hey, oh, oh. <laughs> um, nutrition which obviously is going to be a big part of it but I think the other aspects, the other three pillars, support the mindset one, in my view. And again, Joe, this is obviously something since we've been working we together on this. <laughs> yeah, we've been working together for seven years. But the way I see the, the nutrition part is to support the mindset. My view is if we can make your nutrition as sound as possible, we can avoid the common pitfalls that cause people to fall off their diet, to binge, to get cravings, then if we can remove as much wiggle room as possible through that process, then we know that we're just focusing on mindset stuff. If your mindset is lacking, say lacking the skills, and then you're hardly eating any food, you're massively restricting the foods that you love, then you're setting yourself up for a recipe disaster. You're setting yourself up for a recipe for binging, craving, struggling. If you're eating foods that you enjoy, you're moderating the high-calorie foods, you're not restricting them, maybe just restricting the amount you have or the frequency that you have them. You're not going hungry, your blood sugars are stable, then you're setting yourself in a really good, strong position to stick to that. Agree or disagree? A hundred percent. The piece of feedback that I've given more than any other is there's not enough protein and veg in here is that people expect or have this belief that, you know, they just need to grit their teeth and push through and cut back. You know, I'm eating these high calorie foods. I just need to stop eating them. But what are you going to put in its place? Because if you've got used to say a kilo of food over the course of a day, then if you suddenly take out 400 grams of rubbish food or whatever it is that you've, you've been overeating, whatever it may be, you've now got this massive void and as soon as people put in more protein and veg, more unrefined carbs, then their cravings reduce, their hunger reduces, they're more controlled, everything gets easier from that. And that's why we're sustained nutrition, because you, it's not about changing your exercise, no matter what you might think. No one who we work with in our demographic, the people we work with, the training is not the issue. And yes, it, it has its role. It's one of the pillars. But the nutrition feeds the mindset and will have the biggest effect on how you're, how you feel and how you look. And so you have to work here and you have to, 
be willing to engage in finding solutions to the problems. It's, it's the hardest part. And that's why the mindset stuff is so important. Because if you understand the importance of nutrition, but not of mindset, then you're not going to be able to be one of those people who find solutions to problems. You're going to be the person who says, it's not possible for me. The X, Y, Z happened. There was just nothing else I could do. Well, that's not a nutrition problem. That's a mindset problem. It's a mindset problem that looks like a nutrition problem because your food was crap. But actually, if you change the way that you're thinking, not to go back to pillar one, it took us long enough. But they, they go hand in hand. Your food decisions are driven by your mindset. And in the same breath, your nutrition will massively either help or hinder your mindset. You can give yourself this level of resilience just by eating more nutritious food. And people just don't know. They just don't realize. I think, you know, I think when I was at school and the, you know, the food pyramid at the bottom is make sure you get in your 14 servings of wheat a day. And you just think that's not what people need. They need more fruit. They need more fruit, veg, protein. Anyway, I've gone on a slight tangent, but that's why the, the system that we have in place is so effective because it just works, but it's, but it's simple too. I think if people get so caught up on that idea of like, how can I eat as little as possible when you need to flip that and be like, how can I eat as much as possible while still getting results? Like don't, again, if you want to struggle on your diet, do you, in fact, I watched that video recently, do this slim fast where you have two shakes a day and two snacks and then one meal. Like you are going to struggle with cravings. You're going to struggle with energy dips. You're going to struggle with your blood sugar. You're going to struggle with, uh, you know, cravings. Did I say cravings? Hunger. Say it again. Yeah, hunger, <laughs> cravings, cravings, hunger. <laughs> you might struggle with hunger, cravings, blood sugar, and cravings. You're just making it so much harder than it needs to be. And like I said, you know, whatever. Let's say 100%. 100% of our clients need to work on mindset stuff. There's not many people coming in and just blast it. Let's say 95%. Give a few people a bit of wiggle room. You can make it easier just to put all your focus onto that if you can, like I said, kind of bulletproof your nutrition. So we just want people to be full, enjoying the foods, balanced energy levels, learn to moderate the higher calorie foods that maybe they thought was out of bounds before. And again, that's going to, there's obviously going to be crossover across all of these, but that's going to come into challenging those beliefs. You know, when people are like, oh, I ate a Fredo frog, I failed, I might as well just go and eat all the Fredo frogs. Like, well, no, let, let's say have a Fredo frog and go, right, cool. That was under 100 calories of chocolate. I've had my little sweet tooth curb there. I'm all good. Let's crack on with the rest of the day. So, yeah, and then, and then, you know, I think another part of that is like learning to deal with like weekends, time away, social events, like giving yourself either permission to, or permission to how to approach those. And obviously we have a ton of different tactics that we share with clients. So kind of how they might be best to approach that depending on what they, what result they want from that, whether they just want control, whether they want to just take it on the chin and enjoy it, or whether they want to, you know, eat as close to the parameters as possible. It's, yeah, it is. Make this as easy as possible whilst getting results. And that's where the food log then comes into place, isn't it? Because you then can refer back, you can reflect again. One of the, another mindset thing that people struggle to do is to reflect and to assess their own decisions. People just want to, to push on and push forwards. And oh, I'm going to draw a line under it. I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm not going to dwell on it. Also known as I'm just going to pretend it never happened and do nothing to learn from it. And it's hard. It is uncomfortable to have to do that. 
But that's why the, the log is so important. Changing the way that you look at it is so important because then you can make the changes that you want to going forwards by reflecting on the past and thinking, actually, I could have just had one glass of wine instead of two. So next time I'll set out with the intention of having one. You know, it's trying to keep these things simple and manageable you know, without saying, well, actually, you know, two glasses of the Pinot Noir with this many calories and I could have had one and three quarters. Or I could have had two and a half if I'd had you know, the Chardonnay or it just becomes too much for people. It's just, and it's just excessive. If you just ask the simple questions of how do I do better? Well, last week I had 10 drinks and I could have had eight. Okay, let's do that. But yeah, it's not about beating yourself up. It's just about learning, evolving. Yeah, absolutely. I probably didn't stress that point enough is that it's, there's a very fine line and people often equate uh, reflection with criticism because they, they are critical but it is possible to separate them out and just to look at it from a neutral perspective. You don't need to justify what you did as being really good. You don't need to beat yourself up for it being bad. You just need to look at it and say, was that the right decision for me and my goals in that moment? Yes or no? And if the answer is no, okay, what do I do differently? Okay, next time I'll do that. I can't change the past, but I can find a solution in the present that will be relevant for the future. Yeah, everything you do gets an outcome, whether that's the one that you wanted or not. It's all just feedback. And then it's how you interpret that feedback, but you don't just go... You know, say you're at work or something, someone's like, um, you know that presentation you did or you know that piece of work that you did? Like, can I give you some feedback on that? No, nope, I don't want to hear it. Thank you. It's like, I can I'll tell you how to make that better. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll just do better going forwards. Like, yeah, like, if you I'll don't do it wrong, then how will you do that? I'll try harder. But, then, you know, as always, there's a certain set of rules that follows dieting and weight loss that isn't applicable to anywhere else in your life. Like I said, the idea of, but what happens if I fail? Fail what? Don't drink pain. You'll be grand. Pillar number three, another little bit, I suppose, a different one that people won't think about. Again, you say fat loss, people like, I'm going to exercise more and I'm going to, whatever, diet harder. That's it. They're not going, I'm going to adjust my mindset and I certainly don't think I'm going to change my lifestyle unless by lifestyle I mean stop eating as many takeaways to the exercise they do yeah yeah go to the change. So, so what 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 are we looking at when we uh, approach lifestyle with clients joe i guess there's almost like a tier isn't there here between you've got kind of food and exercise at the top and you've got mindset and lifestyle almost underneath because they will feed directly into your effectiveness with your food and your exercise so we're looking at the parts of your life the impact the behaviors, the food, the exercise, the drink. So what are the, the pieces to that then? How can you change your lifestyle to make it more conducive to fat loss or less conducive to fat gain? So for example, if you've got friends who you go out with and you always have, you know, pizza and 10 pints, then something has to change in there most likely. So it's, I'm not saying you have to stop hanging out with those friends, but you might have to take up, change a behavior that is going to, possibly cause friction so learning how to communicate that how to to work with the more supportive parts of your support network there's loads of different pieces that tie into this and again it's all going to depend on the individual and their skills and their lives and the things that they are stronger or weaker at but it's looking at all of the different pieces that then tie into fat loss it's not just changing the way that you think because you're also going to be surrounded by other people and it's then the impact that they have, whether that be, you know, in your job and how that impacts things or the way that your friends and family behave and act. So it's trying to, to pick up those areas and to, to make improvements that make it easier to get where you want to be. 
yeah, very similar to the nutrition, isn't it? It's like, how can you set yourself up for success? How can you make it this easier for yourself? And I suppose that I was thinking then, uh, uh, it's chat. Well, again, all from feeding down from mindset as well. It's challenging beliefs, it's challenging behaviors, it's changing those and looking at what's important um, and what you can do about it. You know, how can you keep yourself? So if you're a comfort eater, um, an emotional eater, which so many people are, okay, then what can we actively do to keep you in a good place? Is that, you know, journaling? Is it uh, recording wins? Is it, you know, um, appreciation messages? Which all sounds a bit hippy-dippy, but if we can keep you recognising all the good things in your life. I spoke to a lady today, a client, and she'd said, like, in a, in a feedback, like, Oh, I just had a really shit day. Just tell me about your shit day. Was it really shit or was it just a couple of things that happened? And it's getting people to focus on that. So if you, you know, everyone's had a shit day or felt like they've had a shit day, odds are it was maybe two to five things that were a bit shit that day. But you were missing out on the 150 things that were really positive that day because you're focusing on those. So if you can shift your focus, you can shift your mindset, you keep yourself in a more positive place. And we can make ourselves less likely to do the behaviors that we're trying to stop. And just thinking as your example there about kind of if you hang around with a bunch of friends and you always go out and you go to the pub, that's where you meet up, that's where you socialize, you get pissed, you eat 10 packets of scampi fries, for example. Delicious, smelly <laughs> scampi fries. Okay, you know, then we could challenge that and just say, oh, well, Joe, what is the important part about you meeting up with your friends? Is it getting pissed? Is it eating the scampi fries or is it you catch up and being sociable with your friends? Catch up and being sociable with friends. Okay. Then could you challenge that kind of like narrative, challenge that behavior, that habit, and just go, you know what, guys? Why don't we all meet up and go for a walk in the woods or around a reservoir? And again, that might be a bit controversial. People like, my friends would never go for that. That's cool. I'm just throwing these things out because that would be, you still get the same end result. You've met up with your friends. You've had a great laugh. You've caught up. You've been sociable. You've got those things. But you're just changing that environment and it's leaning more towards the person that you want to be, the identity that you want to change, where you're not that person who just goes to the pub and gets absolutely hammered and then you get a takeaway on the way home and then you hung over the following day and then you eat a lot of shit and then you feel like really bad and then you feel like you've gained five pounds over that weekend. Can we change that? Can we make this more in line with what you're looking to do, what you're trying to achieve? Sorry, you still want to have those things. You can do, but something has to get something in the the way that you've eaten in the last 365 days has to change. Now, it doesn't mean that you've got to be perfect all the time, but there's definitely a, a balance to be struck here. You know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So you can still have those nights. You can still keep those relationships going. That's just one example, because you certainly can cut back during the week or do more exercise to, to mitigate that. It's just going to be really hard to do so. And if you've got a night in the week where you're putting away 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 calories, that's really, really hard to fit into a long-term fat loss process. Now, of course, there are people that do it. Would you, can I name a client who's done that? Probably not. I think most people would accept that that large amount of intake probably has to be tapered down in order to get to goals that you want to, if we're being completely real and honest about this, that you're going to really struggle to, to have that level of indulgence in and to get where you want to be you might be able to but there's a lot of people who we work with who can't who just do not have that wiggle room because they're not able it's going to segue into the exercise bit in a minute they're just not able to burn enough calories if you're someone you know a marathon runner can get away with that someone who has a history of strength training or has a, a large 
uh, aerobic capacity. You know, they're able to go out and run a 10 miler. Great. You've got that wiggle room to be able to do that and to maintain your weight. Most normal people will not have that. And so it's just being real with this stuff that we want you to be able to enjoy your lifestyle. We don't want to sever relationships with friends. But we also have to be realistic about the behaviors that we're taking part in and the goals we want to get to. Because you just can't have everything. If you if you could, you wouldn't be listening to this because you'd just be out there enjoying your life, looking how you want, feeling how you want. I appreciate that was quite a um uh not extreme example, but it was very different. You know, if you wanted a more friction-free thing, then do the exact same behavior, but then just change your approach to it, you know. Uh, allow yourself to have or you know give yourself permission to have three drinks four drinks and then go into soft drinks or have diet soft drinks all the way through or you know th- there's different ways of changing it to support your goals and it all depends on who you are because we you know james yeah, just, and what you're willing to do you've just given that as an example there because it's impossible to coach over the podcast but that's how you would go and say okay looking at this behavior is there anything you do differently because we're able to look at people's food over the week over the month and then to be able to reflect that back and to say what do you think if you've got all that data there you can then make a decision if you don't have that data and it just says night out then it's pretty hard to do that so it's making sure that we've got all the tools that we need to get where we want to be so just realized i'm not plugged in um so last one pillar number four before we probably go off on 10 more tangents would be movement and i, I think we called it movement because i didn't necessarily want to call it resistance training with a progressive program uh, because that's not everyone's sport and we want whilst again I'll speak for both of us we would love everyone to follow progressive, progressive resistance training program to get you know progressively stronger over time it's just not everyone's cup of tea it's for boring people like me and you no it's not boring people but there's so much repetition involved in it people don't like it so I think for us with the exercise part Whilst we support people with doing that, we want them to do exercise that they enjoy, whatever form that is. It doesn't have to be optimal. Again, slight tangent, evidence is slight. Our job as a coach is to remove barriers. And again, for example, if someone was to say follow, I don't know, another very popular 90-day plan where they had to, well, this will blow my mind, you know, weigh, plan, prep, three different meals every single day and snacks and then spend, you know, three, four hours per week in the gym doing workouts that they don't enjoy that possibly movements that aren't suitable for them at their stage. That's a big barrier and that can cause people to stop after three, four days a week, two weeks, three weeks. Our job as a coach, again, going back to that whole consistency piece is like, what barriers do we, can we knock down? What barriers can we remove to keep you making that progress? Now, it doesn't have to be 100 miles an hour. Can we go 60 miles an hour? Can we go 50 miles an hour? Do we have to go 40 miles an hour? But it's removing those barriers, and exercise can be one of those things. People just go, well, I can't follow the training routine that you've got, therefore I can't do this, so therefore I can't make any progress, therefore I quit. Like, well, no. What do you like doing? Exercise, bike, spin class, zumba, walking, swimming, yoga, hurling, to know. Um, yeah, what 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 do you enjoy doing? What's achievable? Can we progress it in any way? That would be like the the the, the top of the tier. Is there any way that we can progress this? Because things like Zumba, you can't really progress unless you 
make them go another time per week. But those would be the holy trinity. What do you enjoy doing? What's achievable? Can it be progressed? If it can't, then cool, we can work with that. You know, maybe we can work on a step count or something. But movement, whilst not essential, it's a great tool. And I think even from a psychological point of view, I find I eat better when I'm training hard. It's rare that they go hand in hand where I'm eating really well, but I'm training like shit, or I'm eating crap, but I'm training really well. If that makes sense. Like, I, 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 yeah, a lot, a lot, I lost my way a bit there. I, th- I think I just thinking about the difference between us and other plans, and actually, from a business perspective, our business model's crap because people like certainty and they want to be told exactly what to do, and we're just yeah. going to put away all of that. We're not going to give you that because it's just not what we believe in. Um, my initial thought was, my God, he must have made so much money on that plan from people who just did it. Who bought? What are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll use it. Use it semi anonymously. Why do you? Why you could you could use the my initials? Gay wicks. Let's call him that. <laughs> it works out. I'm going with like a JW, but that's fine. <laughs> it's fine because it? I'm not going to poo-poo him because actually he's helped a lot of people and you know obviously he's had had a large scale impact, which I'm mostly jealous of. Yeah, it's just not for everyone. Yeah, it's just not our approach, is it? And that's fine. And it's it's not the approach that's easiest to absorb. It's people who listen to this and go, but what do I do now? You have to figure it out. You have to look at the different options. Well, whilst being guided by us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you're you know, if you're being coached by us, then we're not going to say you just figure it out. We'll give you well if you ask. I think the thing for me is I always want people to go away and think about it. And then if they say, Look, I've just got no idea. Can you help me, please? Of course I can. These are the different options that are available to you. This is what I'd recommend that you do. From what you said, I think this would be the most important thing. And there are times when people, you know, are working with us and they are not losing weight. And I'll say, look, this is right now, because of the situation I can see with your food and your current exercise, you have to go and do weight. There's there's no other options here because you're not able to do more cardio. Your body will not facilitate cardio training. So we have to get you in the gym doing strength training because of the medical issues that you've got. This is the only option left available to you. But that takes quite a while to get to that place. So it's, you know, we're not going to give those, we're not going to give those prescriptions until we have to, because that takes away all autonomy. And as soon as you do that, then it means the results aren't sustainable and we're going against what what we believe in. So there has to be time when you put into the process where you think about this, if you want to, to lose weight long term and keep it off. Just to speak on that bit that you brought up there, like saying you know, people love to be told exactly what to do. That goes back to that kind of mentor savior idea. Whereas we're very much like, well, let's ask, let's ask the right questions. And I had a call yesterday with a client who's she's on her second week, kind of checking like how are you getting on, how are you finding it, what do we need to focus on in this kind of first part of the process, then we could you know prioritize like certain aspects of these pillars. And she said, "Look, at first I was just like, what I don't I don't know what to eat because she had so much freedom of her food choices that she's just like, I don't know what to eat. I said, that, you know what? That's really, really common because people just want to like, I need 150 grams of a lean protein sauce and I need 200 grams of a complex carbohydrate. It's like, I want you to enjoy this. I want this to be practical for you. Again, it's removing those barriers. And as soon as she got over that, well, I actually told her she was getting stressed out about the habits. I said, look, reality is me and Joe made up the calorie control habits. 
they're not a set of rules. They're not a strict set of rules. It's not like your body goes, right, I've signed a contract. You've eaten this or, you know, you said you're going to have four lots of three Jaffa cakes and you've had two lots of five. So those extra Jaffa cakes are all going straight onto your bum. It, it just doesn't work like that. It's, so, yeah, I think once people get over that intimidation of having so much freedom working with us, they understand that it's the autonomy part that we want. Like, I want you to own these decisions because, yeah, it's like, you know, always take it back to a, a you know a driving analogy isn't it? the driving instructor thing if the if your driving instructor always did the dual controls what happens when you try and drive on your own you're screwed driving instructor's got to be there and go like you need to brake a little bit more you need to right 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 yeah this is it or my driving instructor this might shock you was like can you speed up like hey <laughs> neil it's a limit not a target i'm going 35 <laughs> in a 40 thank you very much it's a 70 it's a 70 game <laughs> you're on the m1 shut up <laughs> um someone just run past us <laughs> yeah it, it, it's that isn't it and i think because going back to that 130 diets as well right from the start you know People are on the 128th diet or whatever. They've been told. 28th attempt to slimming world. Yeah. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. These foods are good. These foods are bad. And we're like, you can eat what you want. And then we'll see where we get to. I don't know if it should be like that. We just go, eat what you want for three months. Thanks for your money. See you later. Yeah. It's like, let's see what we can get away with. You know, it's very much kind of, especially on Inner Circle, like, let's get your feet under the table. Let me see what you're doing. And the lady I was speaking to, I said, like, if I had my way, not if I had my way, what would be really good if you were looking at, like, really, like, somebody who's super stuck, you'd be like, I just want you to start logging your food. Let me see what you're doing, and then we'll make just one tiny change each week. But people want to hit the ground running a little bit more, and that's why we've got the calorie control habits. That would give you such a true understanding of what's going on and what's achievable by doing that. Um so yeah, I think to sum up, <laughs> we've got pillar one, mindset, pillar two, nutrition, pillar three is lifestyle, pillar four, movement, and they all feed onto each other. They all supply each other to give you this kind of holistic, holy approach. Anything to add, Joe? No, all good. I think it's just so common for people to just look at the food and the exercise piece. And actually, if you're mindset and lifestyle they can either act as the handbrake or the accelerant if you get those two things right then everything gets so much easier and that's why we, we kind of well that's why we not start there we, we tackle the, the the area that you're struggling on the most because it's that's what's going to give you you know fix the squeaky wheel work on the the weakest link in the chain because that's what's going to give you the biggest the biggest bang for your buck but also set off at a pace that's reasonable for you that's sensible for you and that's again advert number 12 that's where the joy of coaching is because we say i think you're doing too much you're spinning too many plates but if that sounds like good help then make sure you're a member of our free support community because we have an intro to the pillars some uh, actionable points that you can do there we've got a little mini course which covers some of these points that we've done and helps you implement into your daily life so make sure you've joined that uh, sustained nutrition support fat loss support new community i should say other than that thanks for listening Thank you. Bye.